Heavenly Father, you have called us to be a part of something huge, a world-changing movement that will claim lost souls, that will bring people back to their home. As we take some time today to consider the mission of your son Jesus and and what that means, uh, open up our ears, open up our hearts, don't let us just kind of casually listen because we're here and we'll pick up on some things and don't let these next few weeks uh, be something that we just kind of coast through, but let us be intentional about learning more about your mission for your son and, and for us. Help us now as we dive into your word uh, to get out of it everything that you would have us to learn. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. May God's grace and mercy and peace be yours from God, our Heavenly Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So in the classic film, uh, The Blues Brothers, there's this repeated refrain that Elwood Blues says throughout the movie. He and his brother Jake are on a mission to, to raise money for the local Catholic orphanage that, that's in danger of being shut down. And so time and time again throughout the movie, what does Elwood say? We're on a mission from God. Very good. We're on a mission from God over and over and over again. And at one point, they're being chased by the police, and he tells his brother, that they're not going to catch us. Well, what do you mean? We're on a mission from God. And they complete their mission, and then they go to prison. <laughs> but hopefully that's not where we end up. Uh, but we, as we start our, our month of kind of a focus on evangelism, on sharing our faith as we begin this series called Joining Jesus. Quite seriously, we're on a mission from God. And so uh, the message for today, the, the title is actually the same as the title of the book that we're going to be going through together for the next few weeks, Joining Jesus on His Mission. If you haven't picked up your copy yet from the church office, if you don't have one already, uh, they're $5, and I I can't recommend it highly enough. It's a very simple, very quick read, uh, but very powerful and very insightful. So please be a part of of this this month. Uh, We're very excited about it. So uh, for the next few weeks, kind of the next three sermons after this one, we're really going to focus on what our mission looks like as we join Jesus on, on his mission, how his mission is our mission, which we'll just touch on barely today, because the main thrust of the message today is really about Jesus' mission in the first place, his mission. What is his mission? What does it look like? How does Jesus go about doing it? How has he already been accomplishing it? And to answer these questions, we have to go back really to the very, very beginning Back to the Garden of Eden, back to the very first question that God ever asked. Now, this question is so important because it reveals to us the heart and the character of God, and it sets the tone for all of world history and determines the thrust of the mission that Jesus himself would come to fulfill. This question is just one word in Hebrew, ayacha. Three words in English. Does anybody know what the first question is that God asks in the Bible? Where are you? That's right. Not who told you that you were naked. That's the one that gets all the attention. That comes just a little bit later. But, but as Adam and Eve have sinned against God, have brought death and destruction into the world, 
God comes to Adam and he asks him, where are you? Now, God knew very well where they were and and what they had done. Even though they were hiding from him in shame, still, God saw them as clearly as if they were standing right there in front of him. He knew where they were. He knew what they had done. And he knew that where they were was, was lost, was gone, separated from him by their sin forever. And it absolutely broke his heart. And so God began right then and there to rescue them and all of creation. Where are you? It's not a a request for information. It's an indication of God's burning desire to find those who are lost and to bring them home. You see, our God is a missionary God. God has always been a missionary God. He has always been, from the very beginning, wanting to bring back the fallen creation back to himself. And he's always been about this work. He has always been passionately pursuing those who were created in his image, asking, where are you? Lovingly seeking after those who are lost. God has always been on a mission. In Greg Finke's book, which we're going to be looking at together these next few weeks, he defines the mission of God like this. He says, in fact, can we read this together? The mission of God is to redeem and restore all things to the kingdom of God, beginning with human beings. This mission of God is what unifies the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, from God's creation to God's new creation. This mission of God is far-reaching. It's multinational. It is universal. It's made up of the forgiveness of sins, the conquering of sin and death by love. It's characterized by reclaiming the lost, rebirthing the dead, restoring everything that has been broken and shattered. As one of the Bible stories that our kids has at home says, the mission of God is to make all the wrong things right. So how does God go about this mission exactly? Well, one of the best ways to answer that question is he sends people. In fact, the word mission comes from the Latin verb mito, which means just to send. That God is a missionary God really means that God is a sending God. In our reading from Genesis today, we heard him send Abraham. Go, he told Abraham. Leave behind everything you know and go. Through Abraham, God was enacting this grand rescue mission for the entire world by sending one man. And through the faithful and faith-filled obedience of that one man from an obscure corner of the world, God promised that the whole world would be saved. He said to Abraham, through you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Every last one of them. In his book, The mission of God's people, Christopher Wright says, God's promise to Abraham was, in short, the gospel. The call of Abram is the beginning of God's answer to the evil of human hearts, the strife of nations, and the groaning brokenness of his whole creation. It is the beginning of the mission of God and of the mission of God's people. But how, exactly? How does does the desert wanderings of one old man in antiquity bring about salvation for the entire world? Well, consider what happens. Abraham goes where he's sent, and and his descendants multiply, and and they grow in number and in prosperity. They head down to Egypt, and then Yahweh saves them with a mighty arm from slavery at the Red Sea. He, He gives them the Ten Commandments. He gives them the Promised Land. 
and he gives them rest from their surrounding enemies. Over the next few weeks, we're going to hear more about how Israel's role through all of this was to be a kingdom of priests, a a holy nation, a light to the Gentiles, how they were chosen by God for the express purpose of bringing salvation to the whole world. And the most important way that Israel did that, the ultimate fulfillment of God's purpose for Israel and his promise to the one man Abraham was also through one man. Jesus. God was working all along through Abraham, through the people of Israel, to bring the Christ to the world. You could say that that God sent Abraham so that he could send Jesus. And in our gospel lesson for today, we heard Jesus talk about how the Father had sent him. And in fact, throughout the gospel of John, Jesus again and again hammers home the point that he was sent by the Father. He says that that he came to do the work and the will of the Father. He even says that all of his authority, all of it, is derived from the fact that his Father sent him. Clearly, Jesus was sent. Clearly, Jesus came for a reason. Clearly, Jesus was on a mission the mission that that we're invited to join him on this month and and in the months to come. But what exactly did Jesus come to do? Why did Jesus come? What exactly was his mission? Well, the the greatest authority on this question is Jesus himself. And thankfully, he actually gives us several answers to this question in the Gospels of why he came. Jesus says that, that he came that we may have life. And have it abundantly. Jesus says that he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That he came to fulfill the law and the prophets. That he came to bear witness to the truth. That he came to seek and to save the lost. And in his most famous statement of all about the purpose of his sending, his mission, Jesus said that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that he sent Jesus to us. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And then in the very next verse, he said that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So if you're following along in your sermon outline, uh, there are a number of very biblical words that you could write in that second blank there, a testament to how broad and and high and and wide and deep is the love and the mission of Christ. Based on John 3, you could write save, that the mission of Jesus is to save the world. You could write restore or, or rescue or redeem or, or ransom or any other number of words. But I'd invite your attention now to our epistle lesson from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. There, Paul says that through Christ, God reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Through Jesus, God was making peace where our rebellion had brought about war, making things right where we had made everything wrong. When Jesus suffered for our sins and died and then rose again, our once dead relationship with God came back to life as well. And not just ours, but that of the whole world. Returning to our book's definition, the mission of God is to redeem and restore all things to the kingdom of God, beginning with human beings. Another way of saying that, the mission of Jesus is to reconcile the world. So why did Jesus come? 
to do all of the things that we've been talking about. He came to complete the mission that God began in the Garden of Eden when he sought out his people who had sinned against him. Jesus came to complete the mission initiated in Abraham's calling. Jesus, the seed of Abraham, came to reconcile the world to himself, to work reconciliation through the sacrifice of his own life, to take our trespasses away so that they will not be counted against us. Jesus accomplished his mission by healing the sick and raising the dead, by hanging out with tax collectors and sinners. Jesus never, ever stopped tirelessly seeking out those who were caught in their sin, from cheating Zacchaeus to unbelieving Thomas to the thief who cursed him on the cross, to you and to me. And Jesus completed his mission ultimately by his death and his resurrection. Ben Haupt, a seminary professor, says in the the foreword to our book, God has taken responsibility for saving the world by Christ's crucifixion and resurrection and by sending the Spirit. This is monumentally important and exceedingly good news. This is the gospel. And we need this incredible gospel because this world is an incredible mess. But God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And we need this incredible gospel because apart from Christ, each one of us is an absolute mess too. But for our sake, God made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. This mission of God is is just huge, mind-blowing in scope. But the greatest reason that it is such an impressive and important mission is because what God has done in reconciling the world to himself, he has done for you. The mission of Jesus was and is for you. And the mission of Jesus is now to be carried out by you. You see, Jesus is still fulfilling his mission. He's never stopped seeking out sinners. He's always been asking, where are you? So that he can lead lost people back home to his father. As long as there are those who do not know Jesus and his saving grace, Jesus' mission continues. And Jesus' mission is what? No. Not Jesus' mission is our mission. Jesus' mission is what? Jesus' mission is our mission. At the end of the 8 o'clock service today, as one of our members was walking out, he shook my hand and said, thank you for the message. I, I appreciated it. They were beautiful words, but then he said this, but none of it matters without action. He is absolutely right. Are you going to let the word of God today kickstart you on mission? Are you going to let him send you out? Are you going to join Jesus on his mission? We need to go like Abraham did. If we have inherited Abraham's blessings through Christ, which we certainly have, we have also inherited his mission to show the world what a redeemed life looks like. Paul told us today, Christ has died for all that we who live might no longer live for ourselves, but for him who for our sake died and was raised. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We are his ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Jesus himself told us today, along with his apostles, that as the Father sent him, so he is sending us. All of this means that we're on a mission from God. 
We have been co-missioned, co-sent with Jesus to passionately pursue every member of the human race so that they may know our Savior and his love. We have both the duty and the privilege to join Jesus on his mission. Does that sound scary or intimidating? Does it sound kind of fun or exciting? I kind of hope it's all of those things to you. The good news is that joining Jesus on his mission is much simpler than we've often made it out to be. Next week, um, Pastor Brandt's going to continue our, our series. Really, the next three weeks are going to be diving into the specifics of what our joining Jesus on his mission really looks like. And next week, Pastor Brandt's going to talk about joining Jesus with his church. Until then, I, I'd really strongly encourage you to, to reflect on the, the loving heart of our missionary God, to start to think about maybe where he's going to be sending you in the weeks to come, and to prepare your hearts for joining Jesus on his mission. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God which transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.